You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Ephesians chapter 6, if you find your place there, I want to go into the next section of uh, thought that the Lord places about um, being filled with the Spirit, and uh, that has to do with raising children, so that's just what I'm going to title the message this morning, is Raising Children. I guess Adam and Eve could have called it Raising Cain, I guess, but we're going to call it Raising Children. Raising children. I should call it raising. Raising, not raising children either. Okay. Everybody awake? <laughs> I think I'm the only one awake this morning. Raising children for the Lord. Amen. Um, so, just to remind you, uh, we've been a while in the book of Ephesians, but we're in chapter six, which is uh, the last chapter. And uh, that's probably the quickest I've done a series, I'm thinking. So we're going to be a, uh, a little bit on chapter 6. I'm excited about the chapter for all that's contained in it. There's so much practical help for us. And um, this morning we are in some helps for the home and the, the family. I want to say this before I get started. If you were not in Sunday school this morning, I wish you had been in Sunday school this morning. And we would challenge you to come back and be a part of Sunday school next Sunday morning, 945, because um, is anybody else in this auditorium stirred up about the ruling in New York and now uh, what's being said about in Virginia? Anybody else kind of got a little issue of what's happening there that stir anybody else up other than just me? I know better than that. I know where all of us stand, surely, that, that hold and cling to the Word of God it was already bad. I mean, just to abort a baby at any age, uh, I believe in the eyes of God is murder. I believe that. I believe the Bible teaches that. I don't think you can read the Bible and come away with anything different than that. And I, I know that's the heartbeat of everyone here, I would trust. Let me say this. If that has been a part of your life, if abortion has been a part of your life, I haven't said this often enough, but I, I want you to know this or if you know somebody that it's been a part of their life. I'm so thankful for God's grace and mercy and forgiveness and the healing that comes with that mercy of God. And it's there and can bless and help and can strengthen and uh, establish your path again and all those things. I believe that with all my heart. But as strongly as we believe in um, life, I'm pro-life. I'm more (laughs) pro-Bible. That's a better way to put it. When you're pro-Bible, you're pro-life. So now you have your children. I'm thankful my mom and dad was pro-life. Yeah. They may have questioned their decision years down the road a few times, but but, um, you know, those of you that have children or may have children or it's a possibility down the road, whatever that might be. Uh, So now what? So you chose life. Praise the Lord. Right thing to do. 
Uh, we have been given children. Now what? I, I, I think every one of us would almost go to battle uh, if, if we thought it would help in the fight against uh, these little infants across our country and, and around the world. I believe that. I believe if I stood up and said, if we'll get together today and if we'll form this little group and if we'll do, I don't know, if we came up with some kind of a plan I could just make up. And, if, and I, I said, and if we'll do that, it'll set the abortionists back by years here in Sioux Falls. I believe I could get every one of you to come to that meeting today and would rally around and just like, let's do that. If we can do something like that, let's do that. But my question to you then after the meeting is, then what? What do you do when the little ones now are born? Fought so hard to keep them, uh, prayed that God would deliver uh, our country from such evil, and, uh, and I'm thankful God gave us uh, three beautiful daughters. I thank the Lord for that. Um, but they're a responsibility. God-given responsibility now that we have our children. So what will you do now that you believe what you believe and if God's blessed you with children or you're going to have children or you know families that have children, which would be all of us, <clears throat> maybe you work in some capacity where you can have an impact on the life of children, now what? Wouldn't that be a shame to fight so hard to give someone life just to allow that life to fall apart and, and uh, have such a difficult time in society. Maybe not even come, uh, grow up to know the Lord and to know the blessing of serving God like we've got this blessing and privilege of being here today and, and praising the Lord and, and our kids are in Sunday school and now junior church and whatever, uh, or maybe they're in here this morning. Um, so, man, what a blessing uh, that we have that right and that privilege. But what about... What about those that don't take advantage of now that they have life? And God gives us that passage of Scripture, and there's numbers of other places, but these first four verses here in Ephesians 6 tells us now what? This is now what? All right, so would you look uh, with me in verse 1, Ephesians 6, 1. Children, and God is getting the attention of all the children. Obey your parents in the Lord, <clears throat> for this is right. We'll just pause there for the parents to say a hearty amen. Poke your kids. Uh, order the sermon <laughs> that the pastor preached and give one to your kids. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Hey, children, are you still listening? Command of God. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee. That's a tremendous statement. Boys and girls and, and any, any children, teenagers, please hear what he just said in verse 3. So if you'll obey, if you'll honor, it'll be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. I'd kind of like to live long. Amen? And then he addresses the fathers, and you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So let's have prayer there, and we'll get into this today. Thank you, Lord, for letting us know the heart and the mind of God. And uh, now that we have um, the strong belief about life that we do, and if you so bless us with children, or we know others that do, and we want to try to help and encourage them, 
We're asking for you to open our eyes of understanding to this. Help the moms and dads, future parents. I pray even for our children here today. God, please open their hearts. May this go far beyond the eardrum and the brain. May it get down into their heartbeat and understand what you're trying to get them to, to see and to do. And us as parents, what we ought to be doing as well. Thank you for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Every time I get to a family message or a lesson that I'm doing, I like to use this. So if anybody says, preacher, you've told that a dozen times. Well, it's 13 now. This is uh, not just a dozen. I love this. Uh, So a mother was preparing pancakes for her sons, and they were Kevin, age five, and Ryan was age three. And the boys began to argue over who would get the first pancake. And their mom, she's like, oh, this is a great time to, to, you know, an opportunity for a teach a valuable moral lesson to my little boys. And so she said this, if Jesus were sitting here, boys, he would say, let my brother have the first pancake. I can wait. And Kevin turned to his younger brother and said, Ryan, you be Jesus. I just love that. It's clever. <laughs> Evil, but it's pretty clever. Yeah, trying to raise our kids right, trying to do right. A lot of us in here have raised our kids, and they're in and out of the home. And we'd uh, always look backwards and think, man, if, if I could do things different. But we did the best we could with what we had. And now we can pray for and, and work with and try to be a blessing to others. But mom and dad, if you're here with kids, and children, if you're here this morning, God's talking to you and wants to get down into your heart. Sure, he wants you to hear what's being said, but my burning passion this morning is that what is being said here will get into the heart, and you'll see it for what God's really trying to say. Some of them look at it like, oh, it's just another set of Ten Commandments. They always got a set of rules for us. Man, that's a heartbreak for a kid to think like that, that that's the way you feel like life is, and that's what my mom and dad always have a set of rules, and I'm just always got to knuckle under and do what mom and dad say. You've missed it. I'm telling you, you have missed it. There's a blessing in knowing how to grow close to your mom and dad and to, to love them, and like every mother wishes their daughter would be their, grow up to be their, their best friend and vice versa and all those other thoughts and things like that, and that you ought to desire that with all your heart, that I could be close to my mom and dad and that, I, that, that my mom and dad would be proud to say that's my son or that's my daughter at any given time in my day. That's what God wants. So remember this is a continuation of God's command for every Christian in verse, um, five, chapter 5, verse 18, to be filled with the Spirit. And after he says, be filled with the Spirit, he begins to show you what that looks like. When a family, when a person, when an individual, when a couple that's married uh, is trying to live out that being filled with the Spirit, he he shows you what it looks like. And here he tells us again in chapter 6 what it looks like when the children are walking in the Spirit of God. And they're not listening to what society is saying. And they don't care about so much what their friends are trying to say to them about how you ought to you know, live in your house and act toward mom and dad. This is the way when a child understands that we're going to live for God and I want, to be, I want to be one that honors my mom and dad, this is what it looks like. And I hope and pray our young people here can get a heart for this and that God can really speak to you today. So number one, 
what does God say? First of all, he shows us the command that is given in chapter 6 and verse 1. All the boys and girls, all the children, teenagers, would you please, please notice as we look at the command again in in verse 1. Ephesians 6 and verse 1. Children, and it's like they're sitting there uh, in the audience listening to this. He says, hey, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. That's a command comes right out of heaven it rings down from heaven down here onto the earth and it's like God's knocking on your bedroom door boys and girls and saying to you God has a a a command even more than that a desire that you would know how to obey your mom and dad there's really something to that to obey them it's it's not what society is making it out to be there was a foreign dignitary that had been visiting America came in from a foreign country And he was giving an interview that uh, some news media had sat down with him, wanted to interview him about his great visit to America. And he was asked what he thought about his visit to the United States. Listen to his comment. He said that it was a pleasant visit, but one of the things that was most amazing was how well the parents obey their children in America. It's true. It's so true. It's scary to see where we as a country have come from being, uh, you know, a somewhat biblically conservative nation with children raised to have, you know, godly character to the place where we have come to today. We're living in a society where children largely run the homes. Not in every case, and I understand that. And I'm not clumping everybody together. That's not a blanket statement. But it doesn't take much looking around to figure it out. That that's, go- that's true in a lot of households. But even, in, again, in Christian homes, parents, you know, parents will act upset. They'll even sometimes argue with the kids back and forth. But in the long run, they'll end up doing what the kids want. I've noticed that. And this is an obvious red flag warning to us that more than likely parents and children aren't walking in the Spirit. Because when you walk in the Spirit, it looks like this. When you are really wanting to obey God and when you really want God to be pleased with my life, again, you stop worrying about your school friends and your neighbors and the way TV portrays the way kids should act. You stopped worrying about that and you finally took an upward look, boys and girls, and you decided, I want to live the way God wants me to live. Well, if you decide to do that, you'll begin to do what these verses say right here this morning. It's in the list of things that people do when they seek God's fullness in their families and in their lives. It's what a family looks like. And dad, we got down there into verse 4 and we'll deal with that lastly this morning. But this is what a family looks like when they've all decided we're going to live for God. And like Joshua said, I don't know what you guys are wanting to do, and I don't know who you want to serve, but I just want you to know, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I love it when I hear a daddy stand up and and quote that, or I see the plaque uh, over the door as you head into their house or hanging in the house somewhere. But I'm hoping and praying it's true that the whole house has decided we're going to serve God. We're going to serve the Lord I'm going to surrender to the things that God wants. 
I'm going to stop listening to what the world's screaming at me, and, and I just want to do what God says. And there's reason for that as we get into this. This first command in our passage here this morning is written again as if the children were sitting and listening to this letter that was being read to this church here uh, in, in Ephesus. And it was like he was saying, children, listen up, I, I, I've got something for you from God. And it's a simple command, and God identifies clearly who the characters are in this verse. It's very simple. There are, number one, the children, and number two, there are the parents. Does everybody in here know which one you are? (laughs) Do you know what your responsibility is? Because if you know which one you are, you'll know which part of this verse belongs to you. So children, please listen to me this morning. I, I hope you're not distracted. I hope you're, you know, you're, you're not on some instrument. I hope you're not thinking about what's going to happen later on. Please listen to me this morning. When your parents tell you what to do, if the Spirit of God is leading your life, you're going to have a desire to do what they're saying. Now, I'm in the backyard, I'm playing ball tag with my friends, we're having that time of our life, nothing more important in the world than playing ball tag with my friends at that moment. And my dad walks out and said, son, uh, Philip, I need you to go out, take his five-gallon bucket, and I need you to pick the tomatoes. Now just let me tell you this, the desire of my heart was not to go pick tomatoes. I, I didn't necessarily enjoy that, or the green beans, because you've got to stand on your head to pick green beans for an hour and walk down a row almost bent over that far and I did not enjoy doing that but I really enjoyed doing what my dad wanted me to do I really did I didn't like the act uh, I, I, there's lots of things I didn't enjoy Philip it's your turn to clean the bathroom on Saturday and my sisters made sure I knew that it's my turn to clean the ba- you know what all's in that bathroom so I didn't go jumping up and down yippee to do what mom and dad want me to do scrub the toilet with sister's toothbrushes and all those things it's going to be a great time it wasn't that I necessarily enjoyed what I was doing but when my heart said I'm going to do what my mom and dad want I, I like that I like the way that felt I like the way of knowing that I was obeying my mom and dad that had given so much for me. So when your parents tell you what to do, I'm just saying if you, if you let the Spirit of God lead you, you'll be, you'll be glad to, to obey your mom and dad. And I understand some children aren't even saved yet. They don't even have the Spirit of God in them to listen to the Spirit of God yet. And we'll deal with some of that as we work our way on through the lesson, but it doesn't matter who you are. Uh, to the boys and the girls here this morning, you need to be obedient. You need to do what you are told to do. Um, Never should a child, boy, are you listening? Guys, listen. Never should a child argue with a parent about something they've been told to do or what is expected of them. You should never, ever argue with your mom and dad or be sarcastic to them or go into your bedroom and slam the door and things like that. Oh my goodness, guys, how did you get to that place? Mom and dad, how do they get to that place? 
Where was the training that they needed and the discipline and the, you know, the structuring in their life that we allow our children to talk back to us? Everybody listening right now? The way you allow your children to treat you, and I'll say this to the daddies especially, the way you allow your children to treat you, dad, is eventually one day the way they will treat God. Because you're just a symbol of authority in their life. And if they can learn how to obey and have authority in their life on this earth, then they will know how to be structured and give honor and glory to God in heaven. But if you allow them to develop that inequity in their heart where they have no um, you know, respect and honor for authority, then eventually it's not just your authority that they'll disobey. It'll be any authority in society and especially with God. It just, it, it's just that way. It's really, really important that they get that. Never should a parent allow a child to talk back to them. So let me make a point here and let me work my way down through here. Before God dealt with children, are you listening? Before God dealt with the children here this morning in chapter 6 about, about being uh, obedient and, um, and respecting their parents, um, God began to deal with the subject of marriage. And you go back into chapter 5 and you see that. God dealt with the subject of marriage before he ever dealt with the subject of children. So can I speak this to the parents here this morning? Please hear us. Children need to see a burning passion and love and respect between parents. Mom and dad, are you listening to what we just said? You're setting a pattern for your children to follow. It is the way they will grow up. And when they get married and now they're the parents and they're thinking, how do we do this as parents? What is it we do when this happens in our, uh, with our children? They will look back on how they were raised. The pattern is set in their heart and they'll begin to draw from that and they'll remember how mom and dad did it and uh, or that pattern that got carved into them will just begin to be acted out just happens that way so many times so they need to see mutual love and respect respect between the mom and the dad god tried to show us that in the previous chapter before he ever got to chapter six they need to be able to see mom and dad doing nice things for each other uh getting a cup of coffee for the spouse and carrying the laundry uh, up the steps and the things that a wife would do for a husband. And they need to see the, the niceness and the respect that a husband has for the wife and the wife being, as the Bible taught, to have reverence toward her husband. That's God's wording in there. And they need to be able to see that. And those little kids, you think, well, they're just playing on the floor and they're running through the house and they're not catching what's really going on and the love and respect that we have to each other. And I will say to you, you are so wrong. That little kid sits in the Sunday school class and doesn't pay a bit of attention to the Sunday school lesson played and, and drew and colored on the wall and all those things. When it comes time for the teacher to ask questions about the lesson they taught, it's amazing how that little kid is the one that answers all the questions. It was getting in there. And I promise you this, mom and dad, your children are watching what you do and they're watching the pattern that you set and they're noticing... Uh, Dad, if you're, if you're showing the respect that a wife deserves and vice versa, and it's getting planted in their little hearts. For instance, when a child disrespects their mother. Can I say this to the dads? Please, dads, listen to this. When they have shown disrespect to their mother, please take them aside 
Look them in the eyes genuinely and teach them that their mother has sacrificed much for them and that you don't want them to ever, ever, ever disrespect her like that again. Look them in the eyes and say, do you understand me? And a child that keeps looking away and is distracted all the time, mom and dad, get them to look you in the eyes. It's the window to their little souls. Let them see how genuine you are. Let them see this is important to you. Let them know that they need to understand to respect their mother in that way. Uh, something that the Lord dealt with my heart about years ago, and, and I would always say to our girls, girls, don't talk to your mother that way. Uh, and man, I'm not kidding. The Holy Spirit smote my heart one day and said, you know, she's not just a mother. She's also a wife standing there. And it hit me to, to say to your children, don't treat my wife that way. There are two relationships going on there. Yes, she's their mother, but she is your wife. And if you'll show them respect that you have toward your wife and make little comment lovingly, I'm not saying being sarcastic and crack a whip over their head as you're saying these things, lovingly say these things and get them to understand there's, there's a mutual respect that I have for my wife. Don't treat my wife that way, honey. I don't like to see somebody treat my wife like that. Let me tell you what that'll do. When those kids grow up, they will know and understand how important the relationship is between a husband and a wife. That little girl will grow up feeling like she's worthy of the love of her husband because my daddy loved my mommy and she felt worthy of that love and he respected her and she, uh, she respected him. And, and I, I can grow up feeling loved and and worthy. There's a lot of women that don't know how to accept the love of their husband. They don't know how to do that. They didn't see the pattern in the home. I'm just saying they, before God ever taught the children how to be the right kind of children, God set the pattern for the husband and wife. And I hope that we learn how to do that. I'm not placing all the responsibility on just the mom and dad, but boy, there's a good portion of it that belongs to us here this morning. Having a very close marriage relationship goes a long way toward developing respect for children to their parents. So the command, children obey your parents in the Lord, this is right. Number two, the method is in verse two. Everybody look down there. Here's the method. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So how does a child obey? What's that look like? If that's going on, what, what, uh, what do I see a child looking like if that happens? Showing honor means to show the high value that a person holds at, at um, not just the latest um, um, State of the Union, uh, but every State of the Union address that I have seen over the last 10, 15 years the president will get up and he'll begin making his speech and begin talking about issues and then he'll pull a person out of the crowd and have them stand and highlight that person based upon maybe some great military feat that they have done or something that highlighted the very thing he was wanting to press forward as one, as, as, uh, you know, one of his issues that he was dealing with. And then the crowd stands up and they cheer and they clap. We saw that the last uh, speech, if you guys happen to see that, and what that does, it shows the kind of honor that you are giving to that kind of a person. And what that says to everybody else around them is, wow, 
then that's the kind of life I should want to try to live. When people see the value in somebody's life, uh, they'll begin to show that value, and they'll begin to try to emulate that even within their own life. Um, You take the first four of the Ten Commandments, they deal with the proper treatment of God. You remember that? Number one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Number two, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Number three, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Then number four was remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. All those things related to God. But guys, you break from there. um, Number six, um, number five on uh, is in relation to the proper treatment of fellow man. And uh, the first one begins with how the children are to treat their parents. Number five, honor thy father and mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Immediately after God taught us how to honor and respect him, he immediately turns it around and teaches us now that we're to honor and respect our parents. If you can have a proper honoring of God, if you honor him in the proper way, then you can also honor everybody else in a proper way as well. And he begins with the parents. I have to tell you that growing up as a a child, it didn't mean all that much to me back in the day, I'm 8, 10, 12 years old, that my dad was up at 4.30 in the morning getting ready to go to work at Frigidaire in Dayton, Ohio. Has anybody ever heard of Frigidaire in Dayton, Ohio? Okay, I didn't think so. Came home and changed his clothes after a long day's work, and then he headed out to the garden Every Wednesday and every Sunday, he made sure that we were in the car right on time to get to church. Not on time, but early so we could fellowship. Dad's words. I didn't always uh, respect and appreciate that. But I can honestly tell you right now, I wish I had shown the honor to my mom and dad that I feel for them right now. I'm not saying I didn't obey them. Just that the feeling of honor got stronger as I've become a parent and a grandparent. I've learned to understand how valuable my mom and dad really was to me. I can tell you lots of stories and lots of things, and you could have your own stories. But if I, wanted, if I could say to the children here this morning, <clears throat> I don't know how you feel about your mom and dad, really. I don't know what you say to your friends about your mom and dad, how frustrating maybe your parents are to you and how mad they make you and why they won't let you do this and the things you say about them. I don't know what goes on in your heart about your mom and dad, but I'm just going to tell you this. You will not always have them around. And I can promise you this. You will look backwards on the day and remember how good they treated you and how much sacrificing they made for you and all the things that they did to make your life what it is today. And you need to understand there's a high value to your mom and dad. You need to be willing to show that today and honor them in that way. Look at the result in verse 3. Verse 3 says that it may be well with thee. So you honor your mom and dad. Look, Look what can happen. That it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. You can tell I obeyed my dad because I'm still living. <laughs> you just didn't disobey dad at home and get by with it. I don't think I got by with anything. Matter of fact, I think I got in trouble for things I did not even do, but it probably did me a lot of good. No doubt about that. 
So notice that little phrase. Go back there again. Look in verse 3. Everybody looking at this. This is really important. That it may be well with thee. Say, Say that again. That it may be well with thee. Think about that. So when you learn to obey and show honor to authority in the home, guys, you will naturally know how to show honor and to obey authority outside the home. If you know how to obey what mom and dad have taught you to do in the house, authority, obeying authority, then becomes natural to you or just makes sense to you or you begin to see the benefit that it is to be uh, honoring and obeying to the authority that is over my life. Um, I, 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 um, the bathroom was my job every Saturday. I don't know how it got relegated to me and I don't know why. <laughs> Philip Spencer had to clean the whole, we had five kids, mom and dad, we had a grandma, and that bathroom was a bathroom on Saturday mornings. And my mom almost grinned when she would say to me, oh, Philip, get in that bathroom and clean that bathroom. <laughs> so I'd go in there and I'd scrub the sink and I'd get all done and mom would come in there. That white glove inspection, it wasn't quite that bad, but it felt like that. And she'd say things like, Philip, behind the sink, see how that soap's come back there? I'm like, yeah, Mom, but if you stand right here, you can't see that. I'm not standing right there, Philip. You get better scrub under there. And did, does everybody know what it means to go under the rim? I bet there's people in here who don't have an idea what that means. Philip, did you scrub under the rim? Kind of. Well, we'll do it again and squirt that stuff under there. And did you scrub behind the toilet? Did you get on the floor? How about in the tub? You know, the scum that's in the tub? Did you get all that out? And, um, and I'm telling you, I couldn't walk out of that bathroom until that thing was sparkling. Um, I went to work at a place called Murphy's. Got a job there. I was 15, 16 years old, and I was the janitor. Guess what a janitor does at Murphy's? Yeah, he sweeps the floor, and Jan picks up paper, but I clean the bathrooms too. And I got to tell you that I, I went into those bathrooms after the, the last gentleman that was there. I knew him. He, he and I were kind of friends, but he didn't have a mom and a dad that took the time to teach character. And when I went to that bathroom, I'm like, how long's it been? I said, where's the cleaning stuff? And I just did what mom and dad taught me to do. It's all I did. And I walked out of there, and that place was sparkling and shining. All the employees, especially the ladies, ladies must like clean bathrooms. They come up to me, did you clean that bathroom? Yeah. That looks so good. You did such a good job. And on and on, I'm like, whoa. Not really. I was awkward. I'm like, well, I cleaned the bathroom. Okay. I'm getting high fives for cleaning the bathroom. So what are you trying to say? You're bragging on yourself? Not at all. I'm bragging on my mom and dad that taught me that it'll be well with thee if you learn how to be obedient and honoring to those who are in authority over you. Hey, uh, to all the boys and girls, teenagers, y'all here? You'll be sought after in the workplace. Go, go to work for McDonald's. Go to work for any place downtown and let all, everybody else just work the way they work and you work the way this says right here. Every, everybody listening. You work the way this says right here. And you won't be pushing that broom for long. 
You might scrub toilets for a little while. You may have to clean under the rim and behind the faucet, yeah, but not for long because that boss is going to begin to notice that there's somebody here that understands authority. That when the boss tells them to do something, they said, sure. And they go pick the broom up and take off and go do what was said to do. Go out in the parking lot, pick up the paper. Sure, they go out and do that. They don't go and stand around and talk to everybody else. They understand I've been given a job to do. My mom and dad taught me how to do this. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do what I was told to do. That boss will begin to notice you and realize you're going to be more valuable to him than just pushing the broom. He's going to start moving you up the ladder because you understand how authority works. And how character really works in the lives of people around you. You watch those in the workplace and in society who are the troublemakers. And please answer this question. Those who are the troublemakers out in the workplace, answer this question. How's that going for them at the work, at the workplace? Well, they're not so good. They're talking about quitting or their boss is talking about firing them. There's a reason for that. Let's see. Look in verse 3 again, everybody looking. That it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Right living extends one's life for obvious reasons. Lastly, the Father's instruction there in verse 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Hey, in this verse... The negative is erased by the positive. Provoke not your children to wrath. How can we get rid of that? By bringing them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. How can I raise children who are not the disobedient, griping, complaining, always got to have their way, uh, never get the room cleaned up when you really tell them, you really, really mean it this, for the fifth time I'm telling you, Get that room cleaned up. How do I raise children that, that do it when they're told to do it? How do I raise a family that grows up to love God? How do I raise up children that, that respect adults that are around them, that love and honor my, my, their, their mom and dad? How do I do that? What, what am I supposed to do to, to get a child to be like that? Some families just have it made. Their kids were born and they're just such obedient children. Wish we'd have had children born to us like that. We all have the same opportunity, and I understand kids have different personalities. I get all that. Yeah, some are a little uh, thicker skulled than others. I get that, um, and harder and more difficult, and what's that word? Strong-willed. Don't look at your kids right now. Strong-willed. I understand all that, but everybody starts off with the same opportunity. Everybody. You all have the same opportunity to take this word of God. And here's what's so important. To sit down with your children and not just holler your commands at them as they go through the house. And I understand sometimes you got to holler out real quick. Hey, get, get ready. You got to be ready for school. We're heading to church. I mean, I understand those kind of things. But if that's all your teaching amounts to, then you're missing something horribly strong. Dad, you're going to provoke your children to wrath. Your kids are going to grow up living their life the way they want to live. You're going to have children that are angry children in your household that are angry at their mom and dad because the way mom and dad are trying to make me live my life. If you don't get the word of God into their hearts 
And I challenge you that if you've got a child that you're trying to teach a truth to, it's one thing that you go in and discipline them, maybe spank them, and then sit down and say this. The Bible says this, but it's another. Just sit down in front of them and to look into their future and understand that one day they're going to be the adult raising their children, and they may be the leader in church or whatever it might be. And with that burning on your heart, you look them in the eyes There's nothing wrong with a little tear every now and then. Them to know that it breaks your heart to see the way that they're beginning to act. And get into their hearts and know that, let your children know that you love them deeply and you want God to live in their lives. That there's a better life to be lived than to live this way. You know, it's one thing if you got a kit to build a car. I've heard you could do that. It's one thing to build that car and put it all together and stand back and polish that thing and it looks awesome. But it's going to go nowhere until you put a battery in that car and it's got life. That car will take you all over the uh, town, wherever you want it to go. And I'm saying to mom and dads, I'm going to close out with this thought, please listen. Too often we raise little Christian robots We make them do just this and just like that. And I want you to dress like this. I want you to talk like this. Especially when we're at church, you got to look like that. And and it never got down into the heart. They never got the life. It was was a program. They got programmed to, to live like Christians. But you've heard it said, and I've preached it here before, that most children, by the time they reach high school age, are not ready to leave church They've already left church in their heart because robots get real tired of being made to do a certain thing without any kind of a heart for it. We've got to get it into the heart. Mom and dad, you've got to sit down and make sure when you're talking to them, it reaches their very heart and soul and it means something. You can tell they got it. One of my daughters, I won't tell you which one it was, but one of my middle daughters, I could... Uh, <laughs> I could sit down with her and we could talk and talk and talk and it would be an hour, I'm not kidding, an hour before I got the layers peeled away until I had a little soft, tender-hearted little girl ready to hear anything I had to say. But it was worth the hour to get into her heart. Dads, moms, if you don't have a heart to get it into their heart, they won't get it. And I would challenge us today, I mean, my sincere desire, there'd be a renewed commitment on the heart of our parents, those who may be, or those of us who are not parents, but we know children in our church, that we long to see them grow up and serve God. I'd just like to issue a challenge, a renewed commitment, that I'd like to do whatever it takes for my children to grow up to serve the living God. I issue a challenge to the children here this morning to make a commitment to God that whatever it takes, I'm going to show honor and respect to my mom and my dad, that they have high value to my life. I'll stop listening to what the world is saying. I want to live the way God wants me to live. The best way you'll ever do that is if you have Christ in your heart. 
If you don't have Jesus Christ living in your heart, friend, you have no hope. You don't have the battery. You don't have the gasoline to make the engine run. There's no way for it to happen until you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, till you recognize how fallen apart your heart is, lost in your sin and on your way to hell, till you recognize that and realize my only hope is a God in heaven that gave his life for me and turn to that God and beg that God would change me for his glory and honor. Until you do that, you'll never be the right kind of child. You'll never be able to be the right kind of parent or adult that God would have you to be till you know Christ as Savior. And I challenge you this morning, if you don't know him and it's never been settled, would you be willing to do so? To the mom and the dads, a renewed commitment I want to raise my family to love God and serve the Lord. To the boys and the girls, teenagers here this morning, I want to do my best to be filled with God's Spirit to honor and respect and obey my mom and dad. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me, every head bowed and every eye closed. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.